0: You are Locked On Balls, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today. I hope everyone had a great weekend. We are midway through June, which seems incredible to me. We are uh, flying through this month, we are getting closer to. At least the start of workouts on the field with coaches and players as this week, we should get official word, I think, from the NCAA that that's going to be the plan in the early to mid part of July. So it's taking some time, but we are getting closer to real football practice to be talking about next month what the professional leagues end up doing that's a whole other conversation. We'll focus on Tennessee today. On today's show which is presented by BuiltBar, builtbar.com is the website. If you use promo code locked on, you'll get $10 off your first order at builtbar.com. I'm going to continue part of the conversation from last week. I think this is the most important position group for Tennessee's football team this year, the offensive line. Athlon Sports has released its position rankings in the SEC. I'll tell you where Athlon has Tennessee's offensive line, which, again, I think is so important. That and quarterback. Quarterback is obviously really important. I'll talk about that, though, here in segment number one. And then in segments two and three, I'm going to have a conversation with Charles McRae. He is a former Tennessee offensive line great, was an all-SEC offensive lineman in 1990 when Tennessee won an SEC title, started for the Vols when they won SEC titles in 89 and 90, and was a first-round pick in the NFL draft. We're going to talk about his coach at Tennessee. Coach Johnny Majors, who passed away almost two weeks ago, and uh, he was just s- such an important figure in Tennessee football uh, and college football, and I wanted to talk to Charles McRae, so I called him up last week, and I think he'll enjoy that conversation coming up in the next two segments of the show. So some Tennessee football for 2020 in segment number one, and then some memories of Coach Johnny Majors a little bit later in the show. Right here on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And I mentioned Athlon Sports, which has its preview magazine out. You can find that at athlonsports.com and in stores on uh, on newsstands. And also they have, with the, within the magazine, they have position group rankings. And I'm going to go through different positions over the course of the week. But last week I spent a good amount of time talking about the offensive line. And I don't know that we've had this much off-season talk around the offensive line certainly not in a positive way, in a long time. I guess if we went back to 2012 and 13 and pulled up some of the tape there with the hype of Tiny Richardson, what he was going to be able to do with Juwan James and Zach Fulton, James Stone, I guess there was probably some talk there, but uh, in 2012, there was a ton of talk around Tyler Bray, and at the time, Derrick Rogers, Justin Hunter, Cordero Patterson, what they would be able to do this year with the offensive line, with Trey Smith coming back, Cade Mays coming in, younger players projecting as guys that could be high-level guys in the SEC. There's a lot of talk around the offensive line. Normally, it's the quarterbacks and running backs and receivers, but considering how positive it is for Tennessee, I think it's a good thing, and if you look at the Athlon sports ranking, it's the highest-ranked position group for Tennessee, and it's really not even close. Tennessee's offensive line is ranked third in the SEC. Alabama is ranked as the number one offensive line. Kentucky is ranked second. Tennessee is third. If you go back to the rankings from Cole Kublick of the SEC network, that's very similar. He had Tennessee second and Kentucky third. So there's a lot of attention on Tennessee and Kentucky with what they have done up front. And then the fourth and fifth best offensive lines from Cole Kubelik were Florida and Georgia. Georgia is fourth, according to Athlon. Florida is back at seventh, so Athlon is not quite as high on the Gators' offensive line as Cole is, but Tennessee is a top three offensive line, according to Cole, a top three offensive line, according to Athlon Sports, and I bet there are others that are going to say the same. So I keep bringing up the offensive line because I really do believe it's going to be the most influential part of Tennessee's team if the Vols are going to be able to compete with the big boys. Tennessee has taken a step to where it's considered a top 25 team heading into the year, or at least close to it. If, if Tennessee's not in the preseason top 25, I promise it'll be a top 30 team. So Tennessee has clearly improved from where it was this time a year ago. And I think the offensive line is a big part of that. The defensive line is as well. But if Trey Smith had gone pro and Cade Mays has stayed at Georgia – I don't think Tennessee's getting much of any top 25 talk for this upcoming year. And I can assure you, Tennessee would not be getting top three talk. I don't know that Tennessee would be getting top seven talk when it comes to the offensive line ranking in the SEC. So I think it's a really big deal. And while I say that it's the most important position group, I do recognize what happens at quarterback, what Jarrett Garantano does. And if he struggles at all and they have to go to another quarterback, what that player does is is going to play a huge role in how this season plays out. But against teams like Oklahoma, where you're trying to find some kind of edge, being able to play physical and maybe in some cases dominant football up front might give Tennessee a chance. Going up against Florida, which is going to be strong along the line of scrimmage. like here, Here's a reference. Florida's defensive line, according to Athlon Sports, is ranked third in the SEC. If Tennessee were going up against Florida with a weak offensive line, I don't care where the game's played, I'm not picking Tennessee there. I think with Tennessee's offensive line being where it could be, that's going to give the Vols their best chance to knock off Florida. Against Alabama or Georgia with a weak offensive line, forget about it. Not going to happen. So uh, with Tennessee having a group led by Trey Smith, with Cade Mays, again, not officially eligible, expected to be eligible, If he doesn't get his waiver from the NCAA, we will revisit this conversation for sure. But his presence to go with Trey Smith is just a tremendous boost. And I I really do believe this is why Tennessee is getting more talk about a team or a program that's on the rise. Because Athlon Sports, for example, does not have another position group ranked higher than seventh in the SEC. And I, I don't know if that's exactly right, but if Tennessee's getting a little love, I think it has to come back to the guys up front. So quarterback's going to matter, and I'm going to talk about where that position group is ranked before this weekend. Same with the running backs, because the the running backs might be too low there, and the defensive line, is it getting enough respect? So I'm not saying these these rankings are officially what Tennessee will be this year, but the hype around Tennessee's offensive line continues, and if Tennessee gets close to living up to it, then I do think Tennessee is going to be a team to watch in the SEC this upcoming year. Before I close out uh, this segment of the show, I'm going to get to Charles McRae, my conversation with him in just a few minutes. I did want to note that late last week with the Major League Baseball draft, it was only a five-round draft because of what's going on this year. Tennessee still had three players selected. Garrett Crochet went in the first round. He was the 11th pick to the Chicago White Sox. That's a big deal. Good for him. Congratulations. And I hope we see him here in the big leagues in a few years. And then Tennessee had two position players who were drafted. Alaric Solari and Zach Daniels were chosen. So three Tennessee players in the top five rounds. I think Tennessee, with Tony Vitello as the head coach, is going to continue to produce talent. And more players out there, prospects, I guess I should say recruits at the high school level or JUCO level, if they're looking to move up before going pro, I think they're going to look at Tennessee as a place that can help them develop, help them win. They'll play a role in the winning. And then have a shot to go pro and be drafted at a higher level. And if Tennessee can get guys to the majors, that would obviously help as well. But yeah, it's a shame that we didn't get to see this season how it would have played out because Tennessee was off to such a really good start that's kind of forgotten. And of course, football and basketball get so much of the attention. But Tony Vitello had a team that was off to a really good start this past season. And it would have been fun to see what Tennessee could have done in a loaded SEC. So that part's disappointing. But seeing those guys get selected that high is really good to see, and I still think that's something that can help the program in the future, and Tony Vitello is going to need more support because I think he has a chance to take Tennessee's baseball program to a higher level as well. So I wanted to note that before segment number one ends. Three players, Garrett Crochet in the first round, and then Alaric Solari, and Zach Daniels selected from Tennessee as well. Congrats to those guys going in the five rounds of the Major League Baseball draft. I hate that the draft was what it was. I hate everything that's going on with Major League Baseball. It's been a shame to see you didn't come here to listen to that, though. So I'll come back, and I'm going to have a conversation with Charles McRae, the former Tennessee offensive line great, talking about the great Johnny Majors, the impact he made at Tennessee, and some stories to tell as well from playing for Coach Majors. That's coming up right here on Locked On Vols, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today it's presented by Bilt Bar I've told you how much I like it, but here's an even better endorsement. I was talking to my wife on Sunday about how much she loves the Built bars, and we were running low on the last box that I had ordered, so I said, Yeah, I need to go to builtbar.com to put in another order. They have a number of different flavors that you can choose from. The bars are soft and easy to chew, they are covered in 100% chocolate, and they have a bunch of nut flavors and nut free flavors. They have uh, great savings available right now if you go to the website as well, builtbar.com. And if you're checking it out for the first time, you need to use the promo code. Locked on. That'll get you big savings. I'll tell you about that. But the Built Bar is a tasty option and it's a healthy option as well. Their bars are low calorie, low sugar. They have high protein and high fiber. Like my favorite, the Peanut Butter Brownie comes with 20 grams of protein, only 170 calories, only three grams of sugar and three grams net carbs. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On and you'll get ten dollars off your first order. Use promo code Locked On to get ten dollars off at BuiltBar.com. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I spent some time on Monday's show last week talking about Johnny Majors, who passed away on June 3rd at the age of 85. The legendary Tennessee football player and coach is a guy that really is going to be missed by so many people. And the list of people who will miss Coach Majors is so long because of how many people he connected with in the game of football, and and after that as well. I mean, I I didn't really get to meet and know Johnny Majors until after he was done coaching. But there were so many people who were affected in such a positive way by Johnny Majors. I want you to hear more about him over the next couple of segments. Last week, I had a chance to talk to former All SEC offensive lineman Charles McRae, who played for Johnny Majors in the late '80s and in the 1990 season. 1990 was Charles McRae's senior season at Tennessee and when I had a chance to talk to Charles we talked about the personality that Johnny Majors possessed and the impact he made on his players and on the University of Tennessee and just so many things to know and and learn and remember about Coach Majors so I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Charles McRae I appreciated him taking the time to talk to me this is Charles McRae former Tennessee Vol talking first about Coach Johnny Majors and what comes to mind when I bring him up. You
1: know, he was, um, you know, really into the details, you know, really a historian of football, um, you know, really knew so much about the sport, had been around it his entire life. His father was a coach, um, and he was obviously a Heisman Trophy runner-up player and had been coaching all that time. And, I mean, he knew so much about the game of football and, you know, it developed these uh Johnny-isms, if you will, that that you know you just you never forget i mean even today you know i'll be watching a high school football game or i'll be watching a team on tv and and there'll be an interception i'll be yelling Oski Oski i don't know what Oski means right? right it's some random word that coach majors use for interceptions that that every football player and i'm sure they still use it today it would have drilled in their head but, you know, that's the, that was the sort of thing that he was um, you know added about, those little details. I mean, every player on the sideline, you know, I catch myself yelling ball, ball, ball when the pass is thrown. People look at me like I'm crazy. But everybody on the sideline would yell know, ball, ball, ball whenever the ball was thrown in the air. So the defensive backs, our defensive backs would turn around and look. But he was uh, just that into the details
0: yeah i I guess that's that's his personality uh, affecting the way that he coaches right the blending of his knowledge of the game, which is obviously there, but his personality to connect with you the players
1: well, yeah, because I think he was um he wanted the players to love it like he did, and he wanted the players to play it like he did um you know, and I have never saw a Johnny Major's game. I saw a few clips in my life, but never saw a Johnny Major's game. And, uh, you know, I'm sure he played it that way as well, but, uh, you know, it was always one to want to run down and get on the field and show a player or show a coach how it should be done because he had no problem coaching coaches, uh, just as much as coaching players. And, you know, it's probably more of his job than it was to coach players was to coach the coaches to coach the players.
0: What do you remember about being recruited by Johnny Maters?
1: You know, the um, you know, my recruiting, uh, you know, didn't involve Coach Majors as much. Um, you know, I was, you know, recruited for the defensive side of the ball. Um, uh, Ken Donahue, uh, late Ken Donahue, who's, you know, a tremendous mentor for me when I was in college, um, you know, recruited me. And um, I do have one funny story, though. So, um, you know, I, I really only – I wasn't that highly recruited. Um, there's a variety of reasons for that, and um, the last game I went to see a uh, see a football game played, I went to Kentucky-Tennessee game at at Lexington, and as a Wildcat recruit, and halfway through the game, I ended up um, going and sitting with the Tennessee fans. I had some Tennessee folks that were there that I knew as well, my uncle, and at the after, after the end of the game, came back home Sunday morning, drove to UT, and committed to Tennessee. And, uh, just, you know, I still remember that to this day is really, you know, the first time I spent a lot of time with coach majors is in his office, in that discussion. And, and, you know, it was one of the first commits of the year to, to Tennessee. So I could, you know, put a, I always knew I wanted to come to Tennessee, right. Mm-hmm. And just put that behind us and get on with the rest, get on with, you know, school, get on with, uh, high school basketball season and, um, you know, get ready to come to Tennessee.
0: talking to Charles McRae, who played at Tennessee for Johnny Majors, and, of course, as you mentioned, Johnny was a great player at Tennessee, coached and had great success with the Vols as well. What kind of impact, how would you describe that, the impact he made on the University of Tennessee and and Tennessee's football program?
1: You know, the the Tennessee program was, you know, not great. Um, You know, we lost a lot. of Been losing Alabama for quite a while by the time he got here and several years after he arrived frankly, and, um, you know, the program was down and he came from, you know, just winning a national championship, you know, and there was a lot of pressure I'm sure on his shoulders to, to, uh, turn that around. And, you know, it wasn't something that was done easily. You know, you know, fortunately the, the program had a lot of faith in him and, and, um, you know, I think the, uh, programs had a lot more faith for a lot longer in their coaches back then. um, you know something that has changed the in the football i mean it's uh it's you know you got 3 4 years if you haven't made some improvements you're out the door but he got the opportunity to build the team and the coaching staff um to what he wanted it to be and uh you know that culminated in the, the 86 uh, uh Sugar Bowl championship and then um, you know we we won a couple and continued on with the Fulmer era and the national championship eventually. So, uh, you know, he, he built that program. He built the coaching staff and the and the recruiting and, you know, changed it to Wide Receiver University uh, with some absolutely phenomenal electric players um, from Willie Galt to Tim McGee to Alvin Harper and Carl Pickens, et cetera, so, um, which led to the peerless prices of the world that, that, that you know, eventually – brought home the national championship trophy so i mean he, he he's you know a big component of the of the football program and one of the one of the throwbacks to the uh, Neelan era and and kind of ties that all together um he truly is a, a volunteer um at heart and, you know he he you know he bled orange
0: charles mccray former tennessee offensive lineman who played for johnny majors and we'll come back with more talking about what happened on the field with coach majors leading tennessee's program and also the incredible memory that johnny majors had we'll talk about that coming up next right here on locked on vols it's part of the locked on podcast network talking to former tennessee offensive lineman charles mccray could you kind of fill in 85, is, that season is when Tennessee wins uh, an SEC title and then you're a part of a couple of titles. Could you fill Tennessee's program rising up uh, a level as you're watching that before you arrive and then, of course, uh, take part in a couple of championships as well?
1: Yeah, obviously I was a recruit in that 85 season. But, man, mm-hmm. you're talking about an electric atmosphere, coming to watch that Tennessee team you know, and then have them recover – uh, after losing um uh, uh Robinson uh to that knee injury, you know, and, and beat Bo Jackson um in Auburn here at the stadium and and then that dismantling of uh of Miami, it was you know, it was electrifying. I mean that, that team was, was phenomenal. They were fired up. They probably played over their heads. Um but that's what great coaching gets is more out of it than what you have. And um, you know that, that's true. Of him and and Ken Donahue and and everybody on that team did a phenomenal job. And uh, it really was um, a turning point because that you know you turn around and then that those recruits turn into the ones that win the '89 and '90 championships, and that brings in more recruits, and eventually you end up with He Shuler and Peyton Manning's and uh, and so on down the road. So. It all ties together. It's all built upon one another.
0: Yeah, no doubt. Talking to Charles McRae, and, um, and that 88 season, you guys obviously have the disappointing start, but finish on a really strong note to carry over into those championships in 89-90. What do you remember about kind of turning things around during the 88 season and then turning that into SEC championships after that?
1: Well, we had we had two of those. You know, that 86 season was a train wreck as well, My my true freshman year um but you know 88 was 88 was tough um you know i was starting i was playing defense um starting nose tackle on the defensive side of the ball and you know it was it was it was pretty awful obviously we went oh and five to start the season um i i ended up uh getting injured and not playing any significant downs after that 0 and five start we lost to alabama close game uh, after shaking up the coaching staff, moving Coach Matthews over to defensive coordinator and, and saying goodbye to Ken Donahue. Um, but, you know, honestly, those are the right moves. Um, but, but by changing that defense around and, you know, keeping the offense, you know, and getting that really performing at a high level and, you know, great talent. And Chuck Webb and Carl Pickens and some of those guys that had come in, Uh, in that 88 uh, during that 88 season um, you know we're able to turn that around and and really become a presence going forward and you know won the last five games um, you know not against the best talent in SEC but we won right we won those five games and then started off the next year um, you know with some crucial wins and, and really had things roll into a great season.
0: Charles when you get together or, or visit with former teammates uh, is there are there stories that come to mind what what pops up I guess this year is the 30th <laughs> anniversary right of the uh, of the 90 season uh, when you guys won the title but what kind of comes to mind what kind of conversations do you guys have when you get back together
1: you know if we're, we're talking about coach majors the the, the funny you always go to the funny things the little the little things I remember you know Tim Karen, You know, it was famous as saying the bus waits on no one. He would tell us all that. Well, guess what? (laughs) Johnny Majors was late one day. We drove off and left him on the curb. I kid you not.
0: How did he respond to that? And
1: and Tim was, he got a ride to the airport. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, uh, if anybody could tell Johnny Majors what to do, it might have been Tim Uh, He He was the head trainer and the chief executive officer of the football program. Um, but, uh, and the other one was, you know, you knew you were in trouble. You hear that mic switch on in the tower because coach major is in that tower a lot. And he saw everything. I mean, like both sides of the ball all the time. It's nothing. You could you'd be up too tall and Charles, sit down, get down low. It'd be something like that. And if you were really in trouble, he would start talking on a mic, and then it, and this is before the term mic drop, but the mic would drop. And down he would come out of that tower, grumbling the entire way down like a hamburger. And literally, I mean, every one of us could do the same impression of Coach Majors when he was really excited and usually angry, but it sounded just like the McDonald's hamburger. <laughs> like he had rocks in his mouth. And he was just so passionate and so wound up about it. Um, You know, that's that that was him, right? And it was it was funny. Everybody would stop to see who's gonna get it.
0: <laughs> do, do you remember a time where you made him the maddest, or would it be a, a collection of times?
1: Oh no, I'm perfect. I, I never I never had him upset at me at all. Um, yeah, there might be a few. I, I don't none of, none in particular come in mind though. I I'm sure it was uh, something about getting lower
0: yeah I'm sure well, uh, Charles, is there anything I've missed or anything that we should bring up before I let you go when you just think back to either your time playing for Johnny Majors or or his connection and impact in the University of Tennessee?
1: I'll tell you this is uh, you know Coach Majors has coached thousands of players um, and uh, he always had i mean he i swear I think he remembered them all. And to the very last day, I mean, I saw him last season on the, um, in the uh, tea room at Newman stadium. And, you know, he recognizes me. He, you know, he recognizes, you know, everybody, he wants to talk, he wants to hear how your families are doing. Um, you know, he was, uh, you know, sharp and with it and, um, and really genuinely interested in how everybody was and how, how his old players were doing. Um, you know, just very engaged, and um, you know, and it was—it made you feel appreciated. Um, you know that that this this legend <clears throat> remembers everybody, remembers them all, um, and he will be remembered by all of us.
0: I think that's really well said, Charles McRae, uh, former Tennessee lineman uh, played for johnny majors coach majors and uh, a legend you're right uh, at tennessee and in college football history charles thanks so much for taking some time to talk to me today about coach majors all right thank you josh thanks again to charles for joining me last week we played that on sports 180 on wnml as well charles McRae was a terrific player at tennessee and one of many great players that johnny majors recruited to Tennessee and coached and helped develop. So I appreciated the time and hope you enjoyed that conversation as well. And that's going to do it for Locked On Vols today. Coming up tomorrow, we'll spend some more time talking about Tennessee's different position groups on the field, also Tennessee basketball players, Returning to campus, we'll get a little basketball talk into tomorrow's show as well. Locked On Vols is here covering what's going on with Tennessee football, Tennessee basketball, keeping up to date on what's going on with trying to get sports back this fall as well. So, if there are other developments, I'll of course have them for you here on the show. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks to everybody who has left a rating and review for the show on Apple Podcasts. The show is presented by Built Bar, BuiltBar.com. Remember to use promo code Locked On and you'll get ten dollars off your first order. That's at BuiltBar.com. Thanks again for being here. I'll see you tomorrow on Locked on Balls.